Can I talk my shit now? I was playing two-hand touch, fuck it up, it's a hit now When I hit the road, do a show, hit a lick, then I skip town Run up in the spot, no dance, and I make them all get down Boy, you better sit down Fancy, I'm still broke Cross town like Yancey, I will throw They say I'm in a spot they would kill for I could put them in the wheel and they still won't I could probably get a deal with coke If I wasn't rapping about the past back dealing dope Got the offer and it's real low So like, we started watching Saving Private Ryan Because I was like, oh, I've never seen it before It's on Netflix, right? And uh, like I'd always heard it was like an amazing movie Like this like revelation of film And you know, I'm like, okay, well, I'll watch it And like, we'll see what's up um, and like, I, you know, I was drinking and I hadn't had a drink in a long time. So I was getting a little emotional at the very beginning. Like I cried. I'm like, I was like, wow, like this is like the brutality of war. Like these young men just being fed into a meat grinder for no fucking reason for like, yeah, that, you know, that Normandy scene is, uh, it's, it's so nuts. hard to watch that. Um, because even in like the tiny little fucking piece of time screen time that you get the very beginning of that that sequence uh like there is like a human emotional connection with those guys and then you watch them just get torn apart did you get that part at the beginning where well in the normandy sequence where the one uh they it's after they like get up the beach and they're like clearing out the uh trenches and those two guys run up to them and they're like yelling at them and they're like what are you saying what are you saying and they didn't know what they were saying it was because they were yelling i'm check yeah they were they were conscripts yeah. they were ye- they were yelling i'm check but they were also pretend like saying <laughs> oh what do you it was like they were going to kill it regardless of what they were saying mm-hmm. yeah. um that but yeah so like i'm watching this and it's like it's brutal it's very moving it's very emotional it's very raw um you know seeing like obviously there's a lot of cg involved but there's also a lot of practical effects <laughs> Oh, yeah. that yeah. they were throwing in so there's a lot of weight there um and you know you're you're wa- i'm watching this movie and like they're talking about like we're gonna save this private ride and i'm like okay like i have basically the same reaction that tom hanks and his guys do i'm like eh, one fucking guy come on like really yeah, how important can this guy and be? also like my nerd brain is like really like yes we're gonna compromise uh, we're gonna we're gonna throw away a dozen like good fucking bodies yeah, on some random compromise. fuck behind enemy lines. Yeah, no exactly. Thanks. Yeah, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> no, uh, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, we definitely did that in World War Two. You fucking asshole. Um, so like that whole time, right? I'm doing that. I'm thinking that, but I'm like, honestly, like it's it's a lot of character actors, and they're all doing great jobs. Like Vin Diesel. Great Surprisingly actor. good. Great. Surprisingly yeah, yeah. good. In that movie. He does. He delivers a great performance. And then, and then they get to that that one little like, uh, you know, town. And I'm like, is that Ted Danson? <laughs> and you're like, yeah, that's Ted Danson. Yeah, and, like, oh. and then, and then they're like, oh, is that <laughs> like, oh, this is like the the fake Private Ryan? I'm like, that's Nathan Fillion. And <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's Nathan Fillion. And the whole time I'm like, wow, they have all these like bit character actors, yeah, and they're my all brothers like, are dead. They're all like, yeah, like he does a gr- like he does a great job. <laughs> my brothers, are and dead. it's not even him, right? <laughs> they're all, so they're like, only there are nine and seven. What happened? They, what? they weren't even deployed. <laughs> and it's like yeah, you fucking idiot. Like it's hilarious. Like that's and that's like I'm loving the movie up to this point. Like I'm loving. Like I'm like wow. I understand why people like this movie because they do such a good job. Of, of portraying just like the very casual 
like brutality and then also just like the very like dark humor like you as the audience member is inhabiting like the perspective of a battle-hardened soldier going this fucking bitch you're crying about you fucking moron we got better we have more important shit to worry about and yeah, so like you're war, you are son. spielberg is like you are there you are in the movie and i was there in the movie up until the last like 20 fucking minutes yeah and the problem the number one problem matt damon what a piss poor fucking completely untalented fetal alcohol syndrome fucking loser who can't fucking act his way out of a paper bag jesus christ i wanted to there's two seconds of dialogue where i'm like oh this is believable i can see why like oh like the point here is that actually when you get to meet private ryan instead of being this privileged little piss baby he's actually like them he's one of them and then they realize the gravity and they realize that it's like no yes this is a redemptive act that hey maybe we can't be good people but maybe we can do something that is good um and then matt damon throws all of that away by giving the worst performance i've ever seen in a fucking movie that is lauded as highly as fucking save it private ryan when he's crying holding his knees i wanted to watch somebody oh. curb stomp him I God, wanted to watch so him get fucking bayoneted and have his it's... guts fucking torn out in front of him. Also, I get that the whole point of the movie is like there's like there's futility in war, but Tom Hanks just walking out onto the fucking bridge because he's like shell shocked. What the fuck are you talking? Like, uh, uh, it's I get it. I get the point. Maybe that Spielberg's trying to make that like regardless of what you do, bad things are gonna happen. So you might as well try to do something decent. Um, but also, he's saying, like, you gotta also commit war crimes. War crimes are necessary at war. Like, yeah, if you don't commit a totally war crime, then, then somebody else is gonna kill you. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, fuck that stupid fucking movie. Everybody who said that it's great and that they liked it, uh, you don't have a good brain. And your brain is bad, and I'm smarter than you. Alright. Tyler, you had an episode? Well, welcome, welcome yeah. to Hard Opinions with the Boys. Um, this weekend, we're starting off with movie opinions, and we're moving on to whatever the fuck Tyler's got to talk about. Movies are the only thing I can welcome, care about without raising my blood to, pressure. Welcome to 23-year-old movie review with I the don't boys. Believe, I don't believe that you can talk and care about movies without raising your blood pressure, Colin. Um, all right, shit. Well, uh... Quick, before it gets too hot in my apartment, I turned off the AC for this. Yeah, right? Oh, so oh, that, you're you're talking to me, man. I'm sitting up here with the door closed in my office, no fan on, my fucking shirt off. Uh, hey, hi, hello, and welcome once again back to Worst in the Industry, the show where these three sweaty fucking men uh, attempt to bring just a little bit of uh, truth and knowledge to the world and enlighten our listeners on the horrid history of the United States and the world beyond, as well as uh, the interlocking web of capitalism in which we all live. My name is Justin St. Peter, and uh, Sticky to my left. It's Colin Stanley. The parts of Saving Private Ryan where the old man who plays the older version of Matt Damon are also bad, and that actor did a bad job too. To my left. Uh, I'm Tyler, and I have no real hard opinions on Saving Private Ryan. It's it's pretty middle of the road for me. It was a fine film. It was a, it it did okay. It, it I don't know. 
It's no, it, that wasn't the movie that Spielberg submitted for his thesis. That was Schindler's List. Schindler's List. It was. I, I don't know if you guys saw. There was a clip going around of uh, this French director. I can't remember his fucking name. I'm talking about who critiqued Schindler's List. He said that like, yes, like technically the movie is great, but he thought that it was like offensive to use the shower scene as a moment of suspense of whether or not it was going to be gas or water coming out of the shower head. He thought that was um, repugnant. He thought that shouldn't be in film. Um, and because there is no, like, American intelligentsia in film anymore, it's just, like, Labrador-brained half-model actors, like, producing and directing everything. They were all just like, oh, oh, like, they didn't know how to respond to it because they can't cr think critically about anything. Because no. all they do all day is is eat sludge and vomit sludge into each other's mouths. All right. Well, enough about the MCU. Um, Tyler, you had never. Yeah, sure. Just those movies. Uh, I do. Just give me one second. Bring here. it into bring it into something topical, Colin. Ah, whatever. It's the schlock of today. So it's crazy that we brought that up because my movie today is about or my my episode today is about saving private ryan specifically oh, really? no i'm kidding no i'm uh, kidding wouldn't it be funny though fascinating yeah this is a two-parter about steven fucking spielberg can wait uh, two weeks to bring up this fucking movie and my feelings about it on the podcast by the way you've been holding this in all i've time. not been holding it in very well i've been holding it in the way the edmunds fitzgerald held in passengers poorly it'd be like that sometimes hold on give me one second i gotta we gotta fix fix something real quick. Well, don't worry. I'm riding the platinum train. I'm riding that platinum train. Choo choo. Platy train. Choo choo choo, 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 choo. baby. We're on that platinum train. Man, I hope the SEC nails Elon Musk to the fucking wall. They won't. Well, they already reprimanded him once, and he got fined for uh, market manipulation. He might do it again because he did he did it over Twitter the exact same way again. Oh, oh are they are they are they holding him accountable? I, was I mean, say, we'll see what kind they, of they might, they, he, he gets. might he might face like a uh, another uh, another fine for for what he did uh, when he tanked uh, Twitter's uh, stock price uh, purposefully as a renegotiating tactic. Yep. All right. Well, my episode today is uh, I might uh, say his name wrong because it's spelled weird. Uh, his name is Barry Minko, and it's spelled M I N K O W, but it's it it's like it's. Uh, I don't know. So, Minko, Barry Minko, was born March 22nd, 1966 in Inglewood, California, and was raised in the Reseda area of the San Fernando Valley. His family wasn't what you would call incredibly poor, but they definitely weren't, like, m wealthy or even middle class. Uh, yeah, both, of his parents, both of his parents needed to work multiple jobs, but they did, like, make they, they made ends meet basically inglewood is not an upper class neighborhood yeah no <clears throat> um so when he was nine his mother got him a job working as a telemarketer at a carpet cleaning business that she owned yep can you, imagine, you imagine getting, getting a call, call by a nine -year -old? call from a nine-year-old yeah i'd buy whatever he was selling and be Hello. like, I like, I like your gusto, kid. I like it. You're a real go-getter. Yeah, because if if back in the day, I'm high on barbiturates at that point. So yeah, I'm oh, yeah. fine. You're barbed you out. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, um, I'm drooling down my face like some fucking middle-aged bitch who's you know putting all my kids with an, an au pair. So, 
he worked at this uh, carpet cleaning business from the time he was nine until he was 16. And he saved up $6,000, which is uh, roughly equivalent to about $18,000 in today's money, and started his own carpet cleaning business at 16 years old called Z Best. All right, not with bad. With four, four Zs. It's like Z, 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 Z Best, but it's Z Best. That's so stupid. He's last in the phone book. He must, yeah. he must be Polish. He's like, so, I will be last name in phone book because everybody go to first name, they're too busy. Last name get the most business. <laughs> people open people open phone book backwards, did you know? So, <laughs> in Poland, we read the phone book backwards. So um, he started this business in his parents' garage with three employees and four phones. Oh. And at the time, he needed his friends... Yep, he needed his friends to drive him to jobs because he did not have a driver's license. So, at the time in Los Angeles, there were over 150 carpet cleaning businesses. But Barry saw through this. What a carpet cleaning business needed was a bit of panache. No oh, reason to choose a reason to choose one over the other. And most of all, an air of professionalism with the face of a good-looking young man. A little bit of flair. A little bit of flair. So another issue with carpet cleaning businesses in Los Angeles, I, I would probably say this is an overarching issue, but in Los Angeles specifically, uh, they would run, carpet cleaning businesses would run a bait and switch scheme where they would claim a rate for a customer, do a shitty job, and then they would end up overcharging them. So charge more to do it better. And, yeah, e exactly. They would say, oh, we're going to do it better. That's, that's why it's expensive. And then it, it, they do it shitty and they ruin your fucking carpet. Yeah. <laughs> so, Barry charged forty dollars flat for two rooms of carpet cleaning, which amounts okay. to about a, about one hundred twenty bucks in today's money. It was a fair deal for you know, good work. Not, and if they're not too bad know, for carpet cleaning, no, not bad. And a flat rate and saying I'm not gonna I'm not gonna charge you more. This is how much it is is what people liked about it is because he was very upfront with how much things are gonna cost. Yeah. Um, and because of this, it made few customers complain about the service, genera generated a relatively respectable reputation as the cheap but maybe not so great service. Um, they, they're definitely not the best, but they're priced good, so people kind of dealt with it. Yeah, I mean, if everybody can afford it, you know. Mm -hmm. But this would, this would catch up to Barry. Customers started complaining about poor quality service because it definitely wasn't great, but it was cheap, but... You know, people started being like, uh, what am I really fucking paying for here kind yeah. of thing. And uh, his lack of, his, of a business owner experience became gla glaringly apparent for a 16-year-old. Yeah. I'm sorry. I feel like if you hire a 16-year-old, if you hire a business run, run by a 16-year-old, yeah. um, you don't get to complain about quality. Because mm -mm. clearly you're not good at decision-making. No. So I wouldn't trust a 16-year-old to like do anything for me what yeah. like when what was i doing i was 16 jerking off trying to avoid work why why would i trust the 16 year old to do yeah. anything other than those two things he's gonna jerk off on your carpets and then not clean it up exactly that's what i was doing exactly so eventually uh two of his banks closed his accounts when word got around of a literal 16 year old running a business because california law did not allow minors to sign legal legally binding contracts checks included he couldn't ah. even legally sign a check <laughs> uh, so barry found it hard to even pay his few employees at the time so he got desperate 
So he kept his kingdom afloat by stealing his grandmother's jewelry and selling it. Nice, staging, great way to staging, sustain a business. Yep, staging break-ins at his office to collect insurance money, fraudulent credit card charges. Wait, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. No, he's he can't have a bank account or sign a check, but he can rake in the insurance money. Yep. <laughs> what the fuck? He can go to a pawn shop. They're like, oh, uh, this... I. I I, I can't. It's unethical and illegal for a 16-year-old to have a bank to account. To sign a check. But I will allow a 16-year-old to lease this office space from me. <laughs> no, I, I, I scare-quoted office because he's still in the garage of his oh, parents he's still at the, the time. Uh, what are his parents doing while he's, like, like under RICO investigation? <laughs> 5%? When he's getting this is, framed this is up the, like young thug and gonna. This is the craziest story you'll ever heard, you'll ever hear because of how fucking young he is at every step of this process. Oh <laughs> when he's so, 24, I don't want to hear what he does because I'll feel guilty about not being as productive. Uh, so, another thing he did was a process called check kiting. You guys don't know what check kiting is? No. Uh, well, you can't do it anymore, obviously, but um, back in the 80s, it would take, you know, a couple days to a week for a bank to notice this. So um, what they would do is check kiting takes advantage of uh, a float, right? Well, the float. Yes. Okay. I know what you're so talking about. For, for a short period of time um, between a check being deposited in the recipient's account and the money being taken out of the sender's account, um, there is technically duplicate money therefore taking advantage of non-existent funds as an un unauthorized form of credit. So he would move this money around between multiple bank accounts, mm. um, like constantly writing checks to this, this account, so it would have multiple money in multiple different bank accounts, and then he could use that as credit, take out loans to pay back uh, like suppliers and stuff like that. Gotcha. Um, Interesting. So smart. Yep, what a so smart move. For, for a fucking 16 year old, that's crazy. Yeah, that's so, clever as shit for yeah, 16. Um, so, uh, but his, his supplier started cutting him off because of multiple late payments on the supplies. Weird. Um, and also, after the banks closed his accounts, he could not run credit card transactions, so he relied on customers paying cash specifically. Mm. But as we all know, a young man like Barry Minko would not take something like this lying down. Oh, no. I would have. He's, a, he's yeah. an entrepreneur. He's an entrepreneur, a 16-year-old. So he would go on to meet a man named Ta uh, Tom Paget, who was an insurance claims adjuster. And the two got into a very interesting scheme, which I will explain, and we'll see if the boys can point out why it's so intriguing. So Paget would make false claims that Zbest was doing restoration work for his insurance company. Minkow would then forge the documents on his end, claiming they indeed did the work. Both of them would start a business together called Interstate Appraisal Services, who would then verify the details to Minkow's few bankers that would take him. Minko would use these fraudulent transactions as, an up, as a front, making it seem like his business was booming. And at the time, these contracts made up 86% of their entire revenue. He then used his reputation to take out loans to expand ZBest all across Southern California. And so he would take his accounts receivable for these work contracts, floating funds through multiple bank accounts, and then, like, m therefore making, like, an even more elaborate check-kiting scheme. And then he took out new loans to pay the old loans back. 
what do we call that? Oh, it starts with a P. It's a Ponzi scheme. It's a Ponzi scheme, but it's specifically interesting because usually in Ponzi schemes like uh, like Enron or, or you know something like that, they don't actually do anything. Yeah, Zbest is yeah. actually like a business. Like yeah, there's do, a service they, that can be provided. It is a service that can be provided, but 86% of their business is bullshit. I think it's yeah. I guess I mean it is. This is before the actual Ponzi scheme was like codified. Yeah. So like um, this was in the 80s. Oh, this was so, the 80s. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, this is the 80s. He was oh, born, so we knew. He was born in 66. So this was 19. Uh, he was 16 at the time. So this is like 1982. Okay. Yeah, so, so I mean, it's like, it's, this is like, honestly, like, <laughs> here's the thing. Here's what I'm going to say. Um, every old person <laughs> that you meet, there's a reason that they feel stupid to you sometimes. Because they are. Because <laughs> back in the day, you could be a millionaire if you were decently smart. But there was so much fucking lead in everything that everybody <laughs> is dumb. So, so it's like, yeah, water, yeah, if you were... If you if you just had like a natural like inclination to being a, like a a seedy guy, you could be a fucking millionaire today. Um, and the reason that like your your opa isn't is because he's fucking dumb. Yeah. Oh. But now in 2022, oh, where everybody's on that that hustle and grind mindset. Oh yeah. Uh, hustle culture. Honestly, like that's that's the thing with crypto, right? Crypto's like the new Ponzi scheme. Like, that's the thing where if you're dumb, you buy crypto, and if you're smart, you start a crypto company. <laughs> you let people buy into yeah, maybe shit. Maybe dumb's the wrong word, but definitely, like, gullible or naive. Uh, yeah. Karmically vulnerable. Karmically vulnerable. Hey, you know, you're uh, due for a bad old? end. <laughs> what's the old P.T. Barnum saying? There's a sucker born every sucker minute. Sucker born every minute, man. It's fine. I honestly, I'm glad that crypto's okay. collapsing. I hope, uh, I hope it destroys the personal oh, finances great. of a bunch of people. Um, not because I want to see people hurt, but because I feel like it's the only way they'll learn. Zbest, by this time, was, like, on paper, seeming like an actual legitimate expanding. And at this point, uh, their quality got better, so they were doing good quality work on paper everything's fucking good to go like yeah they, on paper they're making tons of money and yeah so <laughs> then barry graduated high school you gotta and keep in mind he was doing all of this while he was still course, in high school still in fucking school um and then he took some what we like to call uh dubious loans from being short being short on like actual cash from the recent expansions uh he got some loans who uh people would say uh may or may not be allegedly tied to other people who are engaged in certain business practices may or may not ah. be connected to this thing of ours <laughs> yeah. there's a thing that we do for a guy sometimes you know it's yeah. all it's so funny because if this guy did this nowadays he'd be fucking uh he'd be the treasury secretary <laughs> like he'd yeah, be, yeah. He'd be yeah. in the biden administration <laughs> mm -hmm. he's a smart man 
He, he, turned, he, he turned around the business. Oh, sp speaking of the, Bi the, the Biden administration, so brief aside, the uh, the secretary of HUD uh, said the dumbest thing on Twitter. Somebody was like, oh, somebody God. Was like, hey, so um, in the area that I live in, in the West Coast, all apartments are like four to six thousand dollars in the Bay Area. Um, if I refuse to pay that, pay that, which is what you are implying I should do. Uh, then I will be evicted, and then there's no recourse for me. And if I say that it's you can't charge me this much on an application, or I say that I, I can't pay this much on an application, I'll get denied. And the, the HUD secretary literally said, I don't know, maybe look for cheaper well, apartments? Just, just <laughs> literally said, cheaper just apartments. find cheaper apartments. And it's like, you're the there HUD no secretary. It's your job yeah, to make there are cheaper, no cheaper apartments. apartments. That is the whole point of HUD. So I think we're doing yep. well, and you should vote blue in November. <laughs> it's we're doing great. The Democrats—they're on the ball. Totally... They had fifty years to codify Roe. They're on the ball. They're—they're totally they're keeping ahead of it. They have—they have the presidency. They have House majority, and they have Senate majority, and they are still not even can't even do Tyler, the one thing. I'm shocked that you won't respect the parliamentarian. I'm sorry. It's despicable. You should be sent to the Hague for cyberbullying. <laughs> speaking of cyberbullying. Yeah, speaking of cyberbullying, let's get back to the show. Oh, by the way, everybody, go on Twitter and change your tweets to only show in chronological order. It makes Twitter way better. Oh, you know, oh. only show what? You just kind of cut out. Uh, tweets in chronological order. Oh, thank God. It doesn't just like show shit from days ago that it thinks you should yeah, look at. Great. For you for you to get mad at, it just shows things in chronological order. It's nice. way better. So So he graduated high school. Yeah, so he graduates high school. We're we're he, back he, we're back in here. He meets a certain guy who may or may not allegedly be involved in certain things named Jack Catan, who gave him a large cash loan with the stipulation that Catan would receive 50% of the Z-Best profits uh, to pay back He's got the that loan. dark, quirky okay, yeah, Romano money. not steep at all. Mm -hmm. It was a large loan, and <clears throat> he's saying you can keep the profits, like, not, like, business operating expensive. It's literally just, like, what they make in the uh, in the in the black, right? Yeah, he's like, so, anything extra her, you make off of Night at the Roxbury can go back yeah. into your own accounts. Exactly, because at this point, like, he is keeping all of the profits for himself, so he's like, whatever, you can have half of it until we pay back the loan, right? Eventually, uh, Catan would go to sue Minko. Uh, Minko uh, called him a usurer because uh, he said Catan was astronomically raising interest rates, uh, but the suit was never resolved due to Catan dying in 1987 of oh. natural causes. He did not get whacked. He did not get He died wrecked. of natural causes well, I, at the bottom of the bay. Yeah, let, it's yeah. face first in his own yeah, spaghetti. He died of, nah. uh, you know, uh, talking too much. You know what I mean? All right, so wait, natural natural causes for a guy like that just means he had a heart attack while he was dunking. Just a Kumar. bunch of fucking dumb yeah. fucking wops running around killing each other over fucking nothing. Over a fucking plate yeah. of so, gravy and red sauce. Wouldn't you? Uh, and... Two of his major shareholders at the time were, uh, or I guess not shareholders, but they were on the board. Um, yeah. 
it was a Maurice, and I fucked up typing his last name, so I don't know what his last name is, uh, who was convicted of securities fraud in 1976. Hey, and, and Robert Vigiano, a loan shark and a convicted jewel thief. Do you thief. know how, oh, do you know how egregious your crimes have to be to be charged with securities fraud in the 70s? Jesus yeah. fucking yeah. Christ. Like, basically all of NFTs and crypto, like, all of NFTs are securities fraud. But, like, <laughs> we have rules now. Back in the 70s, yeah. the securities fraud is just like, ah, you know. Yeah, you cut like, that you out. Have, you have to, like, yeah, defraud the federal government for anybody to care. Yeah. Um, so also at the time, he ran a $70,000 credit card fraud scheme where he charged customers multiple times. But he would go on to blame it on rogue employees who he claimed he fired. Ooh, I, uh, love, I love that argument. Those damn rogue employees. I love it's always like... Your organization has done something despicable and evil. It's like, actually, it was rogue elements within my organization that I will do nothing to address. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I have already so, addressed and no, you can't. The September see 11th attack. So, rogue elements. Rogue elements. So, rogue, yeah. this guy is literally 19 years old running a multi million dollar business. What do you do as a 19 year old? Flex. Yeah, you just you, you spend your money Wait, on boy, shit and buy Start walking burgers. around that drip. Big, big gold chains. Oh yeah, yeah. Gold ring, gold ring, right? He bought a seven hundred thousand dollar Mediterranean style house in the Hollywood Hills, which equates to about two point one million dollars of today's money. A red Ferrari GTS three twenty eight with a Z best license plate and a white BMW, which I couldn't find the exact model. And he also bought his girlfriend a black Porsche nine eleven for her nineteenth birthday. Not bad for a 19-year-old. Oh, what a, what a wonderful kind Putting your boyfriend. business's name on your license plate, that's a big Polak move. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to revert yep. to my original opinion that this guy is Polish. Well, his, his, parent, Polish. His, his parents are Jewish. Um, I couldn't find out their ethnicity, though. Like, they or sound not like their Poles ethnicity. They're, uh, they, they might be. I don't know. I'm going to have to um, research this further. So, in all of, all of this money that he's spending right now, it's all based on loans for his bullshit business. Yeah, all, all of the fucking the check kiting and yeah, all none of, of it like is the, none the of it is loan like, sharks. None of it is like if if you were to like actually go in and look at where this money comes from, it's all just like loans and shit, um, from from like you said the check kiting. So what could he do to make more money? What could he do to make more Mugging money? Mugging people. Well, he's, he's, he's certainly not going to do it legally. He's going to take Z best public. Oh, yes, there's no way this could possibly go wrong. So in January 1986, they got a spot on the NASDAQ exchange. Now, in order to get put on the NASDAQ, you receive a full audit of your business. So you think that it would come to light that his entire business was a sham, right? Yeah, I mean, right? I would, I would yeah right? Right? Nope. The auditor did not even visit a single job restoration site. Because if he had, the addresses would lead to mailboxes in the San Fernando Valley. <laughs> he didn't even I go love the to idea one some job fucking, site. Didn't some, even check. Some fucking bureaucrat just driving around Reseda like, I feel like I got the right address. Everything's yeah. cool. Nope, they didn't even, they did not even check on it. So um, when he initially like said like, yes, I want to take this company public and this audit went and, and went through, they were like, everything's fucking clear on the books right minko owned 53 percent of the company and he became a millionaire overnight because of this and 
due to that, he was able to take out personal loans against his controlling interest. Seemed that going public would almost cover up his fraud. Like, further than he already is. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, provides another layer of, like, hey, mm -hmm. don't look at me. Yeah, it's a pulled name. Like, hey... <laughs> Net, like, God damn it, say, Colin. Like he at this point he's like, fucking Nasdaq did an audit, audit of us. We're clean. Yeah, like, like what? What do you want? There's only oh, so much you can do. Did you hit a guy with glasses? Did you hit a guy with glasses on his birthday? Yep. So, um, <sighs> in order to get put on the Nasdaq exchange after the uh, the audit. You have to control the majority stake of your business for two years. Okay. Audit goes through. They're like, you have to maintain control of this business for two years. Okay. So he planned to share uh, to sell a million shares in January 1988. But he needed to raise $15 million through the IPO. And when some accountants wanted to inspect ZBest's operations, oh. he, borrowed, he borrowed an office and set up a fake interstate appraisal services office, and he used a building currently being constructed to trick them into saying it was a, res uh, a restoration job. Okay, smart. wow. Smart. smart. But here's yeah, the thing, yeah. though. He's, he's doing a, is he doing a lot of this life work here's, himself? Here's the problem here. Yep. Here's, here's what I'm going to... This is my criminal critique of the episode, right? This guy's fucking... Like, here. This is the problem with these guys, right? is they get too fucking hot under the collar. They get too horny for it. And and you can see here that... No, they keep wanting more. They keep wanting more. He could have just stayed where it was, never brought it public, and he, I guarantee still be nobody doing would ever He'd know this fucking guy's name. He'd still be doing something like this. He'd still be doing it. Um, exactly. Yeah, so it's 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 this is the thing. This is, this is how you know, right, that this kind of behavior is not simple greed. It's not simply, I need more money. This is, like, there is a psychosexual aspect... That is being reinforced mm -hmm. by capitalism with these people. It is almost a compulsion to like, I gotta, I gotta up the game. I gotta make, I gotta do more. I gotta get up the game higher. I got, it's gotta be bigger stakes because bigger stakes means bigger loads. Exactly. Mm. Oh yeah. Um, Why would you say it like that? You're like, oh yeah, oh yeah, big loads. Oh, you know what? Oh, yeah. Big loads. I know. Big, big loads load. making pasties. That's all I know. Big loads make, and pasties. Making pasties. Big old Polish loads. Love a pasty. Lot of zinc. Lot the of thing zinc I want to know. The thing I want to know is like. So eighty-six percent of their business is complete yeah, bullshit, right? How does nobody working there see like, hey, we're not like sending any people to these restoration jobs that are just going to clean Great office life. buildings? Only are you getting paid to ask questions yeah. or are you getting paid to show up? But like not not a single person asked ask? a question. Why would you, you know ask? what I'm saying? It's not my fucking business. I don't know. So uh he also had a man uh that really helped him out here. Uh his name was Mark Moores. Uh he was a financial consultant who tricked accountants by forging thousands of documents. Thousands oh, of man. fucking documents. Tons. So at twenty one years old. Minko became the youngest person to ever own a company that went public in United States history. And he started a massive advertising campaign, and I have a clip here of one of his commercials. Oh! Hi! <laughs> Terrific Tommy's here. We're gonna clean your carpets. How much? How much? How much? How much you got? Hi! We're the carpet! 
perfectly twins. I'm Bane. I'm Switch. You want to know about our two-for-one offer? If you're tired of going through the same problems every time you want your carpets clean, it's time you called us. I'm Barry Minko, president of Z-Best Carpet Cleaning. We clean carpets with such care, I'll guarantee the work and our price in writing. Z-Best, the last word in carpet cleaning. Yeah, I could, I could. Honestly, ah, you didn't even have to tell me the last word. name. I'd have been able to peg that Polak from a mile out. <laughs> yep. I can sniff so, out our people. I know when we're running crimes. Yeah. Uh, so the CFO of Z-Best was a man, uh, Charles Arrington, and he was found to have run up a $91,000 floral business scam. Uh, and so two uh, short sellers, Kurt and Joe Feshbach, did an investigation personal investigation they found that a seven million dollar contract in sacramento was a fraud so they decided what do capitalists do here let's you short sell these fuckers we're going to short sell these motherfuckers. exactly they did not say anything to the sec they uh they just said you know eh, we can make a profit here right so in february 1987 the stock was selling for $18 a share, which is pretty fucking uh, respectable yeah. at the time. 1977? Like, 1987. Um, like, yeah. generally what I've seen in this time is the way valuation works is you just pretty much multiply it by three. So that's like $54 a share in today's money, which is like, that's a good fucking amount for a fucking carpet cleaning business. Yeah, that's pretty solid. Um... And because it was selling for that high and Minko owning 53% of the company, that valued the company at $280 million and his stake alone was worth $100 million. And if you're smart, this is where you cash out. Mm -hmm. Yep, this is, this is this where is, you dip. If you didn't cash out going. before... You sell all your shares you and you the get IPO, the out of there. You see your stock shoot through the roof and then you cash out and you go to live on Little St. James in the Little Pedophile Temple with Jeffrey Epstein. Yep, you you go you go where there's no uh, extradition yeah, treaty you and you'll go, be fine. You go to Israel like all those pedophile uh, Orthodox rabbis go, and they won't be able to bring you to the United States. Yep. So, you would think he would do that, but he Should doesn't. Stupid. No. He could be. He could be well, prime he minister. Get the of biggest Israel load of all after all of this. He wanted to buy this company called KeyServe. Um, which was an actual carpet cleaning business, and they had an actual contract with actual Sears. Oh, wow. Okay, so that would be like real money that he could finally that's, back up all of his that bullshit. With. That's real cash. Like, that is like actual money, not just bullshit, like loans taken out on a bullshit business. This is like actual cash because 1987, Sears is where you go to buy clothes. Yeah, Sears is where you go to buy everything. Sears, They're the Sears, premier department store. Sears is fucking booming and they have a fucking uh, uh they just them are cleaning the carpets at sears every so, sears in the country every fucking sears so he was going to make a uh, 25 million dollar deal financed by a named man named drexel lambert what a with what, drexel gary oldman's character from drexel True lambert did 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 barry <laughs> Dre Dre think it was white boy day 
So, um, Drexel Lambert was going to finance this deal, right? With high-yield junk bonds. And I don't know if you guys know a whole lot about high-yield bonds. Uh, they're not good. Yeah, I mean, not enough but to make any money. They are, so. not good. they are not a good way to make money. They're a very good way to lose money. And a lot of it. Because most of it is on just, like, specifically on crypto speculation. It is not any... It is pretty much the crypto of the time. Yeah. He also planned to raise $800 million to buy Service Master in a hostile takeover. <laughs> or, I, sorry, I shouldn't say buy. He would pretty much the just stones. get it. The stones yeah. on this man running a completely fraudulent business. And, and he... He was even in talks to buy the Seattle Mariners. Why not? This is this is what I don't understand. This is the thing that's so frustrating to me every time we do these fucking episodes. These guys are like, I'm smart enough to run a multi-year scam that nets me millions of dollars. But I'm not smart enough to leave the table. I'm not smart enough to put my no. fucking chips in and cash out. Yeah. This guy is 21 Pull fucking out. years Go old. Go move to Japan. 20, I don't, he's, so, he is 21. He could he could have had could, it all. He, he could really literally could own a small in the 80s, he could have gone and bought like a small African nation and never have to come back to the United States and have diplomatic immunity. Yep. But instead he's pissing it away. He's pissing it away. That yep. damn fool. He's the Matt Damon of finance. Stupid. So and frustrating. <sighs> and immature and talentless. Yeah. So, unfortunately for him, you remember when I told you about that credit card fraud scheme where they were, like, double-charging customers and shit like yeah. that? Yeah. That came oh. to light. Oh, that came to the public, huh? From, an, from a, a woman, the only person who didn't get paid back by ZBest, and she got, like, she lost, like, a couple hundred bucks. Probably got paid out. And yeah. she... She no 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 she didn't she didn't get paid out she was the only person who didn't when he said oh that was like rogue employees and he like no, sent I mean, everybody like, back their money she that didn't he was then now nope I'll, and, and I'm gonna explain to you what what happens here she was killed by the Pinkertons <laughs> <laughs> Justin you look like a tank operator from the Gulf War right now. <laughs> I feel like a tank operator from the Gulf War. It's so goddamn hot. I'm boiling in this Kuwaiti tank. I lived in Iowa my whole... Uh, uh, so... So this woman who got charged, you know, overcharged a couple hundred bucks, um, she, as Michael Jordan said, took that personally. <laughs> took I, that love, personally. I love it. <laughs> I love Michael Jordan building a career off of imagined slights. And, and I, I took, took that, that personally. So I killed my dad. She, I, I, killed, I killed my father. I'm Michael Jordan. She, like, made a journal about her. Like, she, like, interviewed people and, like, did all of this shit and sent it to the Los Angeles Times. Women. And Los Angeles Times wrote an article about it, and Z-Best stock plummeted 28%. So, from so an dropped, article. It dropped him from 18 bucks a share to, what, fucking, <coughs> uh, 12? Like, like 12 something. That's still something. great. You could still cash out and make, good. like, That's $80 good. million. Dollars. That's good. That's yeah. good, but from one article, it dropped, like, literally in a cash day. Cash out. I would cash out and flee the country immediately. Yeah. 
Yeah, you sell right then and you leave. Yep. So because of this, uh, the man uh, Drexel, he put off the closing of the deal to buy a key serve mm. because he's like, you know, this kind of seems a little weird to me. So he you put off closing that deal. There, son. Um, and Zbest auditing company called Ernst and Whitney or Whiny Ernst and Whiny uh, found checks Wheel. that Minko pers personally wrote to one of their associates to forge documents. Oh <laughs> my god, these fucking why mm -hmm. why are you paying your forgers with why checks? are you leaving a paper trail yeah yep. because he didn't have any cash he had no cash it was all made up bullshit money he had to write a check he didn't have any fucking it was literally no, every set figured, was on like, credit that's the thing right is if you can figure out a an elaborate check kiting scheme you can you can figure out a way to either forge dollars or to get dirty money like he, he could have done that. But yeah. this is just this is this is one of probably hundreds of people that he is like currently paying to make all of this shit stay afloat. I don't think he could get enough cash okay. to pay it's, everybody. This is this is just this is the cult leader problem. This is the serial killer problem. It's all these guys, they are too horny for their own good and it always fucks them. Whether it's horny for uh, killing women and wearing their skin or horny for good old American greenbacks. It's all the same at the end of the day. Mm. Oh, yeah. So, uh, Ernst and Whiny resigned as their auditor, um, but they didn't tell the SEC of for a Of course not, because they're like, I'm giving, you, I'm giving you time to flee the country now. <laughs> yep, and guess flee what Flee the didn't country, do. you fucking Leave. idiot. Um, and June 27th, 1987... Independent firm who Z best hired to investigate any wrongdoing asked for the addresses to their contact or oh, their you contracts. Mean those mailboxes? Knowing, yep, knowing they didn't exist on July 2nd, six days later, he resigned abruptly for quote unquote health reasons. Of course. But before he left, he told a member of the board of directors that the restoration contracts were a sham. Oh my, Jesus Christ. He's okay. I'm just, I'm. You don't need to I'm so it. frustrated. He's Jewish. He was raised by a Jewish family. In the late 80s, he could flee to Israel. They won't act they won't allow him to be extradited and he would literally be like a member of government by now. Like it's yeah. He yep. had such a fucking clear shot. If I could defraud the government of 100 million dollars and then flee the country to Poland, I would do that tomorrow. But I can't. Yep. Cuz I care about people. So, so he left. New new ownership took over. New board of directors conducted an investigation. Yeah. July on July sixth, Minko was sued by his former company for taking off with twenty three million dollars in company funds. Zbest literally had no money, no contracts, and no fucking hope. Filed Chapter Eleven Jesus bankruptcy. Christ. They were like, hey, we lied about all of these things. Hell. We're, such, we're a country of <laughs> yep. fucking losers, man. This is so demoralizing. Oh, God, yes we are. And every episode just God reinforces it. this. Even when people yep. win, they lose. And it sucks. The next day, July 7th, 
the LAPD raided headquarters and Mako's residence and found evidence not only of the fraud, but also that the company was being used to launder drug money for organized crime in Los Angeles. Oh, it turns out associating with those men who have certain business associates. We may or may not have certain inclinations towards certain activities that may or may not be legal upon certain jurisdictions. So at this point, he is literally 22 years old. Time to go to prison, right? Sorry, he's... Nope, he's... Sorry, no, he's 21. Oh, so he's gonna um, be a tight young boy to get thrown to the wolves in federal mm, prison. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's some real fish meat. He's 21, and this is all that he's accomplished that's so a lot. far. He could have fled the country. That's not... Yeah. And, the, and if you think this story is crazy, it only gets crazier, and we'll pick back up for another episode. I am so excited to see where this story goes, because it's... it's if we are just reaching, like... The very beginning of the craziness. Mm-hmm. It's... Oh, it's, it is just the beginning. This is I, just his, his, his young financial crimes. His, his young, young financial crime. crimes. Just wait till he gets out. It's not real, mm. man. It's, it's, this is... <laughs> Honestly... It's, it's, I told you guys it's a fun Here's the tie-in to Matt Damon, it by is, the way. I like this. I've, I've come up with it. Matt Damon did that Super Bowl commercial for Ethereum. So that's how this gets tied in to, to the... <laughs> The Private Ryan bit and all this these financial crimes because uh, apparently uh, CNBC reached out to Matt Damon for a for commentary after the crypto market crashed did not respond not, not a, a word not, not a word remember you yeah. got it none he's of the celebs who, uh, who backed up that crypto he's an actor he doesn't give a shit he just got yeah, a but paycheck it's like, but also oh, yeah. a lot of these people like you can't here's the thing right here's the thing um there's a fiduciary responsibility to these. Fiduciary I have fiduciary responsibility. responsibility. Well, well, I got a fiduciary. I mean, he was technically my He was technically giving people investment advice. Okay, honestly, the the, the line. Okay, this is something that, that I guess this is, this might take uh, a chunk out of the, the end of the episode, but I think it's worth. No, it's fine. Yeah, We're I only think it's worth talking so about we, we can, because yeah. it's like honestly, we talk about like. Well, they're not giving advice technically. Well, with these subreddits, these fucking influencers that are getting paid by these crypto sites, um, you know, it's the same shit as this this fucking Barry Minkow shit. It's it's a cabal of insiders, uh, like literally, mm-hmm. um, fucking conspiring to defraud millions of innocent people out of their hard-earned dollars because they've been able to yeah. obfuscate their personal financial movements to such a degree that appear it, it gives it the illusion of complexity. It goes, this is so yeah, complex, you don't understand it, It that's okay, you don't have to understand it, you just need to know you're going to make money. Um, and then if you fuck up and you lose money because you paid, you know, oh, you bought ZBest because everybody told you, oh, it's had a fucking $18 uh, a share IPO. That's crazy. That's that's super great. You need to buy in now before it, it shoots up to twenty. It shoots up to twenty five. Um, mm-hmm. Because of this shit, then you know how many people lost their fucking shirts over this. And it's like you know, same thing with fucking crypto. You're seeing these people who they obfuscate. They they it is it is trading knowledge with complexity. There is no greater knowledge. Yeah. There is only greater complexity. It's they're creating an opaque yeah. box and telling you the world is inside of it. Um, it's yeah, and and the, what it all boils down to is um, 
what's referred to in in stock trading is due diligence and nobody here auditors accountants nobody here did their due diligence nobody nobody that invested in this stock did their due diligence to figure out if they're a fucking real company and i i wouldn't even blame regular investors i like the issue the problem here right is is like you're saying with actual auditors so private auditors yeah and more so the sec the sec should have been all over this like fucking white on rice but you you gotta keep in mind this is goddamn prime yeah, this time. Yeah, this is the late SEC 80s. Vibe. This is this is Wolf of Wall Street is going on. Yeah, pumping stocks on penny stocks. Yeah, and it's exactly like, all of that shit is fucking going on, and I love it. I love this shit so much. It's so fun. It's it's, it's so fun much fun because to read. it's like I, I guess it's interesting because on one level it's like you get all these colorful characters because it's crazy people. It's people. It's people oh, who yeah, are evil enough insane or insane people. enough to do this. This guy lives in a Mediterranean-style mansion with a Ferrari. Yeah, and a this BMW. Polak's living in a fucking Roman villa with his business's and company on his license plate. He's t- twenty-one years old. Yeah, he's been committing like like insane financial crimes since he was sixteen. So th- obviously, like, there's that level of it, right? There, there's this level of like. Uh, this this insane financial criminality and like the like the individuals themselves and their personalities and like how wacky all of that is and then there's this level of just like absolute negligence on the part of anybody who's supposed to do anything about it and the thing that makes all yeah. of that interesting is that it never stopped happening <laughs> yes they just all, never this, started giving a shit all of this would have been like circumvented if the fucking nasdaq auditor went to a single job site looked into I mean, any hey, one of them and, any, and this I, honestly i like this episode quite a bit especially now because sorry guys we're heading towards a pretty severe recession uh it's it's oh it's if, gonna be uh, I, i'm not gonna predict when it's gonna happen because i have been talking about it for a decade but um uh i at this point like if it happens sooner rather than late, like basically we're we're at a stage where it's it's going to happen again because in two thousand eight, all these problems we're talking about with Barry Minkow and Zbest came to a head in the subprime subprime mortgage mm-hmm. industry uh, in two thousand eight, mm-hmm. uh, and nothing was resolved. They gave a few band aid solutions that added a few extra steps into frauding people. Yeah. But did not actually money didn't is... send anybody to prison. Didn't didn't make things more difficult. Financial advisors have to be no. a little more careful about things. They have to get tested a few more times. They have to be make. It's it's like oh, we should probably make sure people are always certified when they're giving out financial advice. Oh, we should make sure that brokers can't directly buy bribe appraisers. Oh, we should make. Uh, yeah. it's not like so easy to defraud people that you might as well be doing nothing at all. Like it's yeah. at this point, it's like we're, we're at a level where these, these, it's these, too late. It's not too late. It's never been too late. Like at any given point, they could have solved this and protected millions of Americans yeah. who end well, up I killing themselves and losing their fucking homes and destroying their lives. For, but they choose not to for our, for, for our lifetime. I feel like right now it's, it's not too late. because it's too late. It's too late because we are 
our money is literally on fire. We are going through hyperinflation right now. Honestly, the con like inflation, we talk about inflation and an inflated currency value. That is not a concern that is real. I'll say that. And and we can talk about inflation, we can talk about what inflation does to an economy, but ultimately the mon- when we talk about money supply and value of a single piece, a single unit of currency, yeah. These things are very easily managed. You don't inflation isn't some like runaway animal that destroys an economy. No. It is a it is a situation and a scenario that exists when you refuse to regulate massive portions of the exactly. economy. Exactly. It's it's when you when you let Zillow destroy the yeah, housing. Yeah, I mean market. Zillow fucking like, like we talked about BlackRock, fucking BlackRock. Uh, you know, like yep. these companies that like are just allowed to run roughshod over everybody's personal finances and be fucking Yeah, because they're they're pumping and dumping like they're, they're pumping and dumping securities our in crypto. They're pumping and dumping assets in the real estate market. Like in, in housing, yeah, crazy. real estate market. Like it's all it's, it's all pump it, and dump. Everything, everything is we're going to fucking crater the value, buy the dip, and then fuck everybody over. And we all lose our jobs, but when the economy is quote unquote great, nothing happens. Yeah, I mean, it, nothing well, good happens. It's like it, it, the only thing that happens is bad things for working the issue, people. The, what's honestly what's going to happen, right? This is what I. Uh, this isn't a prediction, but like in 2020, they disappeared two trillion dollars into Wall Street. Not a single one of you out there can mm. tell me where that money went. None of you can. There's two trillion dollars no. that they just threw at. Uh, these big firms and big banks um, that is completely unaccounted for. It's gone. It, v- yeah, to, to keep, keep them not afloat. even to keep them afloat to buy their confidence. Yeah, to buy to buy rich people's confidence. To buy their confidence like, in the American that's, economy. That's all. I always like. I find it hilarious that people think like the stock market is like a tangible thing because I'm like the the stock market is literally just how do rich people feel oh my God. about their every money time we currently. fucking talk about it where it's like literally uh over it's like what fucking 80 plus percent of the stock market is owned by the top 11 percent of households by income so it's like literally literally a 10 percent like 11 percent of, of households in this country own own a majority yeah. of the stock market's value which means for your everyday... Yep, your 401k your, not means even, nothing. Not even your 401k. Your 401k means just like nothing. The idea that a working person who has a regular job, who's living a regular life, that their life is impacted by the stock market at all is laughable. Because it's not. It's only impacted no, like, when the fucking whales at the top decide they want to liquidate everything. Like Elon Musk did in the cor- corporate... Or sorry, the corporate. The crypto market. That's... And tanked it. Mm-hmm. That's the same thing that's going to happen and to our like, economy. Totally destroyed Especially it. like um like uh like the GameStop stock. Poor people got rich off of that, and I can guarantee you that is never going to fucking happen again. It will never. That it's happen not even again. that. It's just like those kind of things. Those those are those are one off. Those those are oddities, right? These are these are abnormalities. Exactly. We are, we are seeing a situation where things are so fluid. As these, as the contradictions of capitalism are heightened, the fluidity of the moment mm-hmm. increases. Uh, <laughs> when people realize that money means and, nothing, and, you know, when, not just with, that money means nothing, but that money as 
at, at, like money's value or something's value is directly tied to intangible concepts. That it's that it's there's it's no material up. basis. It's it's a dude it's a dude typing typing fucking bullshit on a computer. Yeah, like it doesn't about it mean anything. Times, so it's like so many of these companies are just middlemen whose only job is to uh, pretend to add value while getting actually like I, I mean f for instance like it's I think it's blatantly clear we're gonna bring it back to uh, the worst actor in in Saving Private Ryan the a man who somehow was outperformed by Vin. I feel like I had a lobotomy diesel. Uh, that guy, that guy was not paid in crypto for that crypto commercial. He was paid in dollars because nobody's going to work for crypto if they're fucking smart. Because it, crypto is just the, you know, hyperbolized version of regular currency. It is just, it's just that's, more that's the honest about, about how bullshit it is. That's the hard part about crypto is because, like, in essence, if somebody were to tell me, yeah, we want, like, a decentralized, like, global currency and, like, this and that, I'm like, yes, can we do that? That would be phenomenal. That sounds great. But it's bullshit. Yeah, like, there's, I, there is a legitimate uh, leftist argument for cryptocurrency, especially in light of, um, like, Palestine. There's a lot of Palestinian aid, mutual aid, and humanitarian groups operating in palestine that cannot get money because and it's not because there's a jewish banking conspiracy obviously that's anti-semitic and wrong and just not accurate or true um but yeah. because they are on the outside of the west because israel is an ally of the west yeah it's it's because palestine is uh by a technicality an enemy because, of the I mean, state i, I would even argue by definition palestine does not exist to these people they are a non-entity to yeah. these people. So that that's why they can't have access to this, this global finance, right? Uh, you know, we're talking, we talk now about like, well, why don't we just exclude Russia from the global economy? Uh, and it's like- You can't. That, I, that concept is like, these people, they don't understand. I, and that when I'm now, now when I'm saying these people, I mean like liberals and conservatives, like most people. Most people don't understand yeah. that like, a lot of the things that you're seeing a lot of like the policies put in place a lot of like this surface level legislation these surface level movements are all based on financiers and the movement of of value across a global system henry kissinger's wet dream came true there is a global system that manages the world now except instead of it being about states uh and diplomacy like henry kissinger was screaming his fucking genocidal genes over it's actually about value add to the to a few handfuls of people uh, across the planet. Yeah. And Barry Minka yeah. was trying to get a piece it's, of the pussy it's... by, and I can't blame the guy for that. Yeah. Yeah, we no. really can't and blame like, him for trying. It's 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 hard because like money like our money is only valued at what we decide it is and yeah. what everybody else agrees to. Like this tech deck. Upsetting okay? that you have one. This, that this tech deck. I, diminishes this tech my confidence deck. in the podcast that you have. If everyone decided that this tech deck was worth $100 million, it's worth $100 million. It's, it's always... It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter that it's a plastic piece of oh, shit. Man, it's, 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, look at look at the secondary market for Magic: The Gathering. Look at the secondary yes. market for my any favorite card secondary game. market bubble in okay. the world: graphics Beanie cards, graphics Beanie babies. Oh God, yeah. Beanie. Oh my God, graphics, Beanie. yeah, that was, graphics card. My mom thought she was gonna send me the long time ago. My mom was like, "Oh, don't worry about money. I've been investing in in party light candles and Beanie Babies because I know how." financial decisions are supposed to happen so don't worry in about 10 years we're going to be millionaires and not poor white trash with a bunch of candles and moldering beanie babies i'm gonna sell a couple of these humble I'm gonna sell a couple. don't worry i'm gonna get right. my hands on this princess die bear that one pedophile in england will pay a million dollars for and then all of the sudden, people believe that they're all worth a million dollars, and it's like, no, it like, was worth a million dollars to one in, person. So, uh, we live in southeast Michigan. And they already we live have in southeast one. Michigan, right? And, <laughs> and there used to be a place called Gibraltar Trade Center, Gibraltar Trade Show, right? Oh, Gibraltar. Oh, and it's Gibraltar. Old timey man pointing love that, at it. Love it. I, lo I love that big H.H. Holmes sign. Now, now they're making. Uh, <laughs> but, now they're making THC and Yeah, they do. Drinks. It's a big weed processing plant. Uh, but they yeah. used to be like this giant enclosed flea market, um, and one table. Oh, the that gun was, shows oh, were great. Oh the gun yeah. Shows were oh, great. I'm sorry. You got a pulse? I'll sell you any gun that's ever been made, and a million rounds for oh, you. Oh, you're 18. They're not you're 18 looking. They're years not old. 65 dollars, and you can have this Nagant 9130. They're not asking how old you are. They're not looking at IDs. They're, they don't even know your first name. It doesn't sell matter. You, not, don't worry, I'll sell you this AK-47. It's technically a collector's item because I, I pulled the trigger off of it. Here's the trigger. Here's here's the yeah. firing here's the firing here's the firing pin. I pulled it out so it's a curio. If you put it back in, it's a fully functioning machine gun. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like so Gibraltar's trade show, like one of the the tables that was always there, regardless of the weekend. Beanie Beanie babies. babies. And it wasn't because, and, and this is like f five years ago, not even. And it's, uh -huh. they're still. Because that, that place shut down. Yeah, they shut down like ago. three years ago, yeah. But like five five yeah. years ago, yeah. you would still go there. This is long after Beanie Babies had any like value. This is long after yeah, anybody, like anybody was really buying these high priced Beanie Babies. The only people buying these Beanie Babies were other people trying to sell Beanie Babies. Thinking, thinking it's, it's an, an investment. investment. They think it's and an that's, investment. Yeah. And that is, like, because of capitalism, you see these, these like, hyper-accelerated pockets, these hyper-accelerated markets that exist within the market that show you what the market will do on a longer timetable, right? And it's the same mm -hmm. shit. Guess yeah. what? Beanie Babies stop being valued. Nobody's fucking buying or selling them anymore. And a bunch of people are stuck holding the bag after investing thousands of dollars. Except now it's on the scale of you spent... Uh, you know, uh, you know, three hundred fucking thousand dollars on a house that's worth a hundred thousand dollars. Good luck in two years, asshole. Yep. So we'll yeah. we'll see what happens with old Barry Minko. Yeah, we, we will be back with the story Love of Barry Minko. I'm next so week. glad, uh, Tyler. Are you are you happy that we finally have some real representation on the podcast? That we're, we finally got some some a Polak, some a, a evil who fucking wears gold pole. chains and buys Ferraris. Yes, <laughs> who who only wears gold chains and buys Ferraris. I feel like it is an extension of myself if I was in his situation. <laughs> this, is, this is why I just want to say this is why the show is confirmed a leftist podcast, and that any criticisms that were like 
fash in any way are clearly bullshit. Because if we were fash, we'd focus on the fact that he's Jewish. But because we're leftists, we care that he's a Pole. <laughs> Dude, yeah, that's, no. that's it. That's exactly what makes us <laughs> we, leftists. We, just, we completely glossed over that. We're I was like, bit oh, okay, by yeah, so a Polish. radioactive like, Serbian, <laughs> and now I'm turned to Serbian Spider-Man. <laughs> Oh no! That turned me Oh no! <laughs> All right. Well, before before we continue to offend the Balkans, we're gonna go ahead. And cut they don't off. have internet uh, there. We'll see you next oh, week. Geez. Hit us up on the socials. Uh, Bye. I love you, Balk- I love you Balkans. Turkey, Turkey is Mongolia. Is Thank you. Oh Christ. I wasn't rapping about the past back, dealing dope. Got the offer and it's real low. Over one mil and it's still low. They all corporate, they all cute in suits. Yeah, on bullshit with all that poop to scoop. My shit going up, I go root to roof. They don't like that, they want mute the truth. They gon' switch sides, they go group to group. They won't shoot the shit, ain't got shit to shoot till I go crazy. Go and get the baby shark and hit him with the do 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 damn. Big boy, you gotta shoot it with two hands. Couple John Doe come through like who's man's? Blue ball, nah, she blew it like two grams. Everyone I lose, abuse the fuse hands. I'm right there on the edge of insanity. Overlooking Vegas, overthinking my vanity. You've been throwing shade, I'm enjoying the canopy. Everybody dies, so I live out of fantasy. Yeah, can I talk my shit now? I was playing two hand touch, fuck it up, it's a hit now. I hit the road, do a show, hit a lick, then I skip town. Run up in the spot, no dance, and I make them all get down. Boy, you need to sit the fuck down, yeah. I don't even talk my shit now unless I got a reason. Everybody watching like Netflix got a new season. I'ma get rich, hit the dealership, get the new bands out. Bottom line 316 like Stone Cold says so They bury me alive, I was dead broke I've been living in the no-flex zone About to make a move, it's an escrow Cooking in the kitchen, my sauce like magic My pesto like presto Off a little bean, that espresso Little bit of lean like I'm getting over chest cold Got no chain, no, I can't chill. Eight ball got me feeling like eight mil. Can't stay still, can't feel off a pain kill. Got the little orange pill, not the day quill. They fake with it, they ain't real. They talk about bricks, but they can't build. I'm Frank with it, I'm Jake Jill. I only sold gas, I'm Hank Hill. Tank filled with the propane, it's like a 10K grill, it's a throwaway. They never ask if I'm okay, I'm never okay. Everybody wanna cut, it's a dry vocal. I'm anti-love, anti-social I'm bipolar, I'm bi-coastal I might buy one and go postal Can I talk my shit now? I was playing two-hand touch, fuck it up, it's a hit now When I hit the road, do a show, hit a lick, then I skip town Run up in the spot, no dance, and I make them all get down Boy, you better sit the fuck down